Welcome to Stories That Stir. Woohoo! Now there's another marketing problem with the sleepover, or it's a branding problem actually, because nobody sleeps. Welcome. I am so very happy to have you here. It's going to be an incredible night. So some of you don't know what Stories That Stir is all about and why I created it. Essentially, I created it to break down barriers, stir conversation and inspire positive change. Because I really believe that when we share our stories, exactly what I said, we get, give people the chance to open their site. It, all those invisible bonds that exist between people actually become visible and the fear we have and the judgments we tend to make about people, their situation, their race, their gender, just falls away when we get an understanding of where people are coming from. Tonight, I'm really excited about the theme. It's all about courage. I just think courage is such an important theme because as humans, we all have fears. <laughs> and a lot of us step through those fears. And when we do that, we evolve and transform as humans. And some of us take a lot longer to step through that fear and some of us never do. All right, so we are now bringing up a wonderful man who I only met very recently, probably about two, two or three months ago at a networking event sort of put on by a Speakers Institute and we got chatting and the, the best thing about stories that stir for me besides the, this night <laughs> and the nights that I put it on is that when I speak to people now, when I meet people, actually I'm listening quite differently to the way I would normally listen. So, you know, usually I would listen and <laughs> um, hear their, what they have to say. But now I'm looking, I'm actually listening with different kind of hearing, if you like. And I also, I don't talk a lot of small talk anymore. <laughs> I get right to it. Like, tell me your story. Um, and so people reveal things that very quickly, which makes going to networking events really fun. <laughs> You should give it a go. But so I met Craig Hopper at one of these events and when he told me the story that you're about to hear, um, again, I said, please, please come and tell the story. He didn't take a lot of convincing because actually Craig is um, a speaker as well and he would like to ask, have you ever wondered what it takes to stop worrying about what other people think of you? So Craig Hopper is a recovering people pleaser who speaks about courage, purpose and compassion. He's a husband, a carer, a father and a slave to his cat, Timmy. <laughs> he shared his story with audiences all over the world, so you're very privileged to be hearing it, including at the ICC here in Sydney. Um, tonight he's going to share his story of how he learned courage and give you all one thing to do or that you can do today that you will never regret. So please welcome to the stage, Craig Hopper. Thank you. So, who here has ever felt afraid to be themselves? Me too. Felt the fear that they're not good enough or worried that they just won't be liked? What we do then is we prepare pretend to be somebody else in the hope that if we get good at that, they might just like us for who we are. 
but no matter how hard we work at that, we'll never achieve the things that are really important to us. For too long, we've all let our fears of what other people might think of us or of not being good enough stand in the way of doing what's important. The courage to be authentic isn't just for heroes because wherever there's fear, you can find courage. So courage lies within each and every one of us. A widely quoted study uh, from the US psychologist Dr. Joe Rubino says that 85% of the adult population suffer from low self-esteem. That's five out of every six people. I'm pretty sure that the sixth person was lying, by the way. So think of it this way, folks. When we're out there having a bit of fear, remember, at least we're not alone. Our soulmates are with us. So the question is, can we learn to unlock this courage? And I believe the answer is yes. I think there are two ways that we can do it. The first way, that's the easy way. That is by learning from other people's mistakes. The second way is the hard way. And that's by making the mistakes ourselves. Guess which way I chose. So I was brought up in a pretty regular suburban family. My parents were teachers too. But we were conflict averse. We didn't talk about the tough things. I was brought up to not make a fuss. I wasn't courageous. I did fine. I did well at school, got a job, got married, had three beautiful, healthy kids. I had a fine life. But I wasn't pursuing the things of meaning for me. I was playing a role and I was doing what I thought other people wanted me to do. That all changed on the 6th of August 2018. I was at work. It was 10.32am and my phone rang. It was Royal North Shore Hospital. My wife had been found unconscious without a pulse and was undergoing serious treatment. My beautiful, fit, healthy 46-year-old wife was out running when she had a heart attack. A cyclist found her and performed CPR for 20 minutes until the police and the ambulance arrived. They took over the CPR, they got her into the ambulance, they used the paddles, they drove off to the hospital. Took them somewhere between 40 and 50 minutes from the heart attack to get her to hospital. They were unable to start her heart, but they did find just enough oxygen registering in the tip of her finger to keep trying. So they put her on a machine that kept her alive for the 24 hours that it took them to start her heart. She was in a coma for 10 days. She was in hospital for 10 weeks. She had seven operations. They saved her, but we did lose a part of her. She suffered brain damage during all of that, and now she requires a lot of help, and she'll never be the same again. So the the woman that I married, the love of my life, my life partner, is effectively no longer with me. So when it comes to fear, that's, that's a big 
in that instant, I became effectively a single parent of three school-aged children, a carer for my wife, and the sole breadwinner for the family. How on earth was I supposed to get through this? I mean, me, who's just a people pleaser who can't say no to anything or anyone and who certainly can't even find a matching pair of socks without assistance. Everything in my life had changed, so I was going to have to change as well. I was going to have to learn to be courageous. So I did manage, manage to get through that, but it wasn't easy. I learned two big things in facing down my fears and continuing because to me that's what courage is. It's not the heroic courage where you're not afraid. Real courage is about being afraid and keeping going anyway. So the two things that I learned were the power of purpose and the power of compassion. So for me, purpose was helping my family through this, helping them not only survive but hopefully thrive. That purpose, that's what helped me get up in the morning through the uncertainty, the fear, the grief, the terror, the exhaustion and the overwhelm. That got me up and that kept me going. And then there was compassion. My view of humanity knows no bounds now. People are amazing. The help and compassion that my family received was astounding. Family, friends, healthcare workers, complete strangers. So many people did so much to help us and, and for that I will be forever grateful. So th through these two things I was able to keep going. But the third ingredient was actually stress. Now stress gets a bad rap these days. It's got a marketing problem. And too much stress isn't much good for us when we, when we don't know what to do with it. But it was originally designed for just this type of thing, fight versus flight, right? I needed a lot of that. That stress helps move us from our head to our heart. It helps us move from thinking to action. So instead of worrying about what other people were thinking or how this might look, I got on with stuff. I got out of my comfort zone. I did what had to be done for my wife, for my family, and, and for all of us. And if you do it once, you can do it a second time. And then you can do it a third time, and you keep going. And with that purpose, shining the light and guiding the way, and then the compassion to keep you going, all of a sudden you start to get some competence at some of these things. And from competence comes confidence. Now the irony was that all the things that I had been worried about, what other people would think, if I actually was my real self or actually pursued what was meaningful for me, none of that actually occurred. Because you know what? When you're pursuing the things that are meaningful for you, for the, for the first thing, you actually don't care what other people think. But just in case you're wondering, when you do things that are meaningful for you and you generate your own confidence, then you go up in other people's eyes as well. And it's a self-fulfilling circle. So having found confidence to be my authentic self, to pursue things of purpose with compassion, it was like the heavens opened. That 
almost feeling of liberation, of freedom, of congruence, of being myself and doing important things, that was a ray of sunshine in what was otherwise a very, very, very dark time. I just wish that I didn't have to go through that to learn this. I wish someone had taught me this or helped me understand this earlier on. Now, having found my courage and having started to pursue things of purpose, I then started finding other things of purpose in my life. And that's actually why I'm standing here today because what I am now obsessed with, what my jam is, is talking about compassionate leadership. That's doing the hard things with heart, pursuing purpose with compassion. So the question is, can we learn this? Absolutely, is my answer. How? Well, basically, there are tools and methods you can use to to do this. That's the easy stuff. Where it starts to get harder is you have to start. And when we start at something, we're no good. In fact, mostly, we suck at it, right? That's where the purpose and the compassion comes in. Is it important enough for you to face down your fear of not being any good and continue at something long enough to get good at it? That's the way we get places. That's the way we achieve things that are meaningful for us. And if you can wrap that in some compassion, you can get that from other people. Or the next level is when you can give yourself some compassion, accept that you won't be great at things, accept you can't control everything and keep going, that's when magic starts to happen. Now, you were promised uh, one thing you could take away from this tonight that you can do that you won't regret. So what I offer for you is this, or what I actually request of you is this, and that is to enjoy today for what it is. My last day with my wife before her brain injury was a wonderful day. It was a Sunday. It could have been a terrible day, actually, because our eight-year-old had had a whole bunch of friends over for a sleepover. Now, there's another marketing problem with the sleepover, or it's a branding problem, actually, because nobody sleeps, including the parents. So everybody was tired and a little cranky. And we had a classic, um, you know, three-kid family Sunday, which meant activities all over Greater Sydney. Somehow in all of that, my wife and I managed to actually spend the day together. And we had a wonderful time with each other. One of the events was uh, a, a, a concert for the school band that the, our eight-year-old son was playing in. And I remember we walked into the hall holding hands. One of our friends actually said, ooh, look at you two lovebirds. I'm so glad that that last day that we had together was, was wonderful because that, that helped me so much going through the darkness that followed, something to hang on to than something that I will never regret. I choose to believe that both of us subconsciously knew that something was going to happen and therefore our best selves took over that day and made that last day wonderful. Life is wonderful. Life is for living. But life is also messy and it's unpredictable. So please enjoy what you have. Focus on what you've got, not what you don't have. 
the courage and authenticity to face down our fears is within each and every one of us. We can all move from fear to fulfilment. The time for courage and authenticity is now. I hope that through some of the hard lessons I've learned that you'll, you'll learn some of these the easier way. So whatever you do, as Oscar Wilde says, be yourself because everybody else is taken. Thank you. I bloody love that. <laughs> um, I think you'll agree that people like Craig give us all an, an amazing gift. Unfortunately, you know, when people go through hardship and difficult times, that's when they realise that, you know, I need to find my purpose, I need to live courageously. But then when you hear people like Craig, um, he reminds us that it's actually don't wait, you know, for something crap to happen in your life. Just live it now. And this year I've know, I know of a few people who just died suddenly, you know, young people without any pre-existing conditions. And when I heard that, I just really realised that the time, the, the only time that you have is right now because who knows what's going to happen in the next moment. So I really think Craig's story reminded us all of that and it's about getting joy and satisfaction and bliss and love and all those amazing things in the moment, not, you know, don't wait for some tragedy to happen. So thank you so much, Craig. If you'd like to buy tickets to the next Stories That Stir event, the link tree is in the show notes.